Hey, listen up. Yeah, we here and we locked in. Let's keep it going all the way to the top 10. We fear the turtle, so it's no other option. Fred and Ryan, just watch them. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. What's up, Turf fans? Fred, Ryan, and Ahmed back with another episode of the Shell and Tell podcast. It's Thursday, July 7th, and we got a lot to talk about on this week's show, man. A lot has changed over the last few days in the college sports world. Uh, It's going to have a major impact on football uh, with the news of USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. Yeah, what does that mean for Maryland? I mean, you got these huge names coming in. Is this just more of the blue bloods that we got to deal with every year? Or is there something kind of intriguing about having these matchups brought into the Big Ten? We'll discuss. And UCLA and USC, you know, only really just started the conference expansion part two. So what does that mean for this future of the sport? You know, postseason, bowl games, uh, college football playoffs. Uh, there's a lot that, you know, that could be impacted with these moves. So a lot of moving pieces, especially with the offseason uh, drawing to an end in a, in a couple of weeks. So uh, we shall see how it all shakes out. What happens to the pinstripe bowl? <laughs> <laughs> we love our pinstripe bowl. We did love our pinstripe bowl. <laughs> That's for you, Bacon. Hey, before we do too much, man, this week's episode is brought to you by Quick Stretch and Body Works. Helps athletes with their performance and recovery periods on and off seasons. The naturally formulated athletic performance and recovery lotion is an easy, effective way for athletes to prepare for skilled training and workouts in full swing. Founded by Todd Smith, a former college athlete and head athletic trainer at two college programs, and even some of the athletes at the University of Maryland are taking advantage of the product, including our guy, star linebacker Ruben Hippolyte II. Make sure you head over to quickstretchbodyworks.com and check it out. That address, again, is quickstretchbodyworks.com. All right, guys, like we mentioned, big changes to the big ahead. USC, UCLA, headed to the Big Ten. We've got two years, beginning in 2024. Your first thoughts, initial reaction to the news when it happened. It happened quickly because it happened in a span of 24 hours from it going from rumor to fact. That was my first reaction was just, how do you keep this a secret? All the things in the world that leak, all the people that have to be involved in a decision like that, for it to come out hours before this vote takes place in the Big Ten, it doesn't make any sense that that wasn't a news story for at least two weeks before that vote. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and I think just for me, the initial reaction was, you know, how how viable is it to have West Coast teams uh, playing in the Big Ten, you know, just from a logistics standpoint. But I think the more I thought about it, you know, I think uh, the matchups, future matchups against uh, UCLA, especially in basketball, uh, having that every season, I think that's a huge, huge win for Maryland fans. And I think that's something that they look forward to. And then being able to play USC, possibly in the in the Coliseum, uh, I think that's something that, you know, is super intriguing. So, um, but like you said, Ryan, you know, I don't know how something like this uh, really just it was in a matter of uh, a day it felt like uh, it just all all kind of came to fruition so um, it, it's uh, it, it's a big shakeup but um, you know it's it's the first of many pieces now it didn't even bother me with the west coast teams I mean immediately I was just like we have planes why is everyone making this a big deal I don't I don't understand this is we're not getting in horse and buggies and and going to these games like 
yes, of course, you'll have to have creative things for the guys that drive, like, the equipment trucks and stuff. But the players, they're not going to be suffering like you've seen on these these news. They're going to fly out. They're going to fly in just like they do everywhere else. It's it's not a thing anymore. It's going to have to be strategic planning for these truck drivers all across the country. But that's about it. Uh, and I, I do agree with that. And I think from a football perspective, you know, they they only play one game a week. So that you're you're right. Uh, you know, that's that's just about managing what time you fly out, what day you fly out, preparation. Um, that that's all adjustable. I just think from a basketball perspective, you know, do you have uh, Maryland playing at UCLA on a Tuesday night and then hosting on a Thursday night at home? I mean, it's I think so. I think just managing maybe road trips, seeing you know having it once once a team goes out, you know, they play at UCLA, at USC, at Nebraska, and then they come home. Just making it more logical from a logistics logistical standpoint. Now, again, you know, do those teams, do they stay out west or do they, uh, you know, find hotels? Do they come back home? Like I think just, MLB type schedule. Yeah, I mean, and, and, I, and I think maybe that that might be the the final outcome. But I just think for the Big Ten as a whole, um, it's a it's a big big power move and and for the big 10 to be able to add two teams to this exactly (laughs) absolutely i mean you're talking about two prestigious universities both on football and the basketball side i mean obviously things have been a little bit down football wise for the past few years but that's starting to change with all the big moves that usc's made over the last year year and a half right uh so this is this is big and i think it's big for the big 10 in general uh so i also wanted to talk a little bit about that what are your guys thoughts on how expansion in general, helps the Big Ten? Well, right now you just got L.A. I mean, that's the big thing is we're, we're coming up with these TV deals. Everyone knows it's what drives this. Everyone knows it's where this extra money is coming from. For the fan part of that is you now get to watch a game that matters at 9, 10 o'clock at night instead yeah. of watching Hawaii versus, you know, I don't know, California Southern or something on TV because the Big Ten's done. There's no one playing. There's nothing to watch. So... For me, it always helps. It's why I have a fantasy football team in the NFL. It gives you a reason to watch the other games. And now I'll have a game that matters at least a little bit to the Terps at all time periods. It's going to make being a fan that much more fun. And and obviously from college basketball season, you know, you get Bill Walton on the mic. So, I mean, cool. why, why it's not? It's definitely a win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it's, a big win. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, think, I think I don't know what he's going to bring up first. His first Len Bias memory or what a, what a Terrapin is. So. <laughs> It's 50 50. Uh, but, uh, well, yeah, I think from, you know, from a pros and cons, you know, I think from Maryland's perspective, um, it opens up the recruiting foothold, you know, from from that regard, um, you're able to go out west now, you have a more established brand. Um, and like you said, you know, we in the first part, uh, there is more just prestige with the Big Ten now, just with the caliber of teams, with the teams, you know, in both football and basketball uh, that compete at a high level, um, you know, having USC under Lincoln Riley now, I think is super intriguing, you know, yeah. they become a pretty, pretty competitive uh, challenger to Ohio State at the top, uh, Michigan as well. Um, so I think that'll be interesting. But, you know, a con could be, you know, uh, when I was at Good, at Good Counsel back in m- mid late June, um, you know, Roy Manning, he was the assistant coach over at USC. He has a little bit more ammo to go into, uh, you know, the DMV homes and say, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be able to offer you a chance to get out west and, you know, build your own brand and do a lot more. And you have a chance to, over your next three years, you'll get a chance to play in front of your family and friends. And low-key, right. Lox has done pretty okay in California. Like, that's been, you know, behind the DMV and behind Florida. There has been a decent number of grabs out of California. A lot of them decide to get homesick and leave. There are a lot of them yeah. staying three and four years. But as far as getting the recruits in the door, it's worked. So to have that start 
in the fact that we're now going to be a more relevant brand in that area because you know we're already a mid-tier type college as is and then you're talking in california when our noon games are before they're waking up for the day it just doesn't help you very much right uh but speaking about like the the division or the conference itself do you see the landscape of the conference changing do you see them maybe doing away with divisions how how do you see that being impacted so i mean the the divisions east west you know it was expected that this was going to go out the window and i still think that is a pretty viable opportunity but you know then then we're talking about you know what is the the overall conference realignment part two what does that kind of look like and at that point you know if there is you know some some people are saying 18 20 i've even seen 24 teams in a conference you know at that point you can't just have all 24 teams there so then do you split it up into three divisions do you have it like uh like a premier league style where you know you have a bottom middle upper tier and you know the bottom bottom team in the top division they get relegated down i mean i th- I don't know i'm just kind of throwing that idea out there i think that it would be kind of intriguing but um don't if- relegate the terps I mean, what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess we would be affected by that that, that, that would not be good right now maybe later <laughs> So for those that don't maybe understand how these realignments work, right? One of the questions that I know some of your average fans out there might be wondering is, would Maryland be in any kind of potential danger for being moved out of the Big Ten? Or is that even a possibility? I don't think it is just because when you look at, you know, what's kind of driving this, you know, uh, I think I saw the tweet and uh, the day the USC and UCLA were announced, you know, at, with with their additions, the Big Ten would have five of the seven, uh, the, excuse me, five of the top seven uh, media markets in the country. Um, so I think if you get rid of Maryland, you know, you're losing a big portion of you know, just the media market in general. So that's why I don't think that's going to happen. And, you know, obviously Maryland is locked in now. Uh, I don't see that being a move. And uh, it's not like they're going to be jumping at the bit to go to the SEC. I think they just as a whole, I think culturally even, you know, Maryland just really fits with the Big Ten style. So I don't think it's it's too likely or too realistic of a, of a possibility. Yeah, I mean, right now, every school in is an AAU school except for Nebraska let it lapse they're the ones that have vocally uh challenged the Big Ten beginning of last year and (laughs) also don't have their AAU status so we're not in danger until they're kicked out um so I'm not worried right now I'm of the mindset we are still expanding I think 24 is too much but I think they are going for the Big Tens I think this will end up being two 10 team division will be the Big Tens and that will is, is where this ends up. Uh, so it looks like we're add add four more in that scenario. Well, I mean, if the if the Terps have no possibility of being removed from the Big Ten, then they look like absolute geniuses at this point. Being ahead of the curve and getting into the Big Ten eight years ahead of time, you know, during that expansion, uh, I think speaks volumes of of forward thinking and and what you know Maryland was able to do eight years ago. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you know, I think every Maryland fan, you know, the years after it happened, you know, they talked about, I missed the the matchups against Duke, the UNC, yeah. UVA, Virginia Tech. Um, obviously, you know, you get that with the Big Ten ACC challenge in basketball, but, um, you know, Maryland has yet to play Duke. And I think that's the matchup. Even when I was at Maryland, you know, that was always the one, you know, UNC, you know, fans showed up, but Duke was the one that everyone kind of got their juices flowing for, would camp out for the longest, be most anxious to, to get. Um, but I mean, obviously at this point, when you look at where college athletics is in today's world, uh, you know, tradition kind of goes out the window. So, um, you know, definitely Maryland did get heat, but now they're, they're looking pretty pretty. The ACC will die and some of those traditions will return to us. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, a school like Virginia, Georgia Tech, I saw that was a school that got mentioned. And I think, you know, Georgia Tech, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of lot, a lot of history there. And obviously not as much, you know, I take more on the football side than basketball. But um, that, you know, like you said, Ryan, it, it will come. Who's the one that you don't want to see in from the ACC come over and who's the one you do? Oh, man, let's get to that. Hang on. Before we get to there, I've got one follow up <laughs> question. Uh, specifically tying to talk, talking about these these newcomers, right? So the Terps, from a football standpoint, have been scratching and clawing and just starting to get back into competitive football. Obviously, we just went to our first bowl game in a while, right? You add two powers like USC and UCLA to the conference. Does that put any dampers on the parade of, of expectations of where this team could be for the next few years? Not for me. Uh, I don't put either one of these teams as they stand right now up there with Ohio State. You know, Ohio State has been the untouchable beast, the one that the only time we came close was the very first game we went to together, Fred, with the yeah. overtime loss. Right. Uh, every other time it's been an absolute steamrolling. Yes, there are teams that are on average are a lot better than us, but we have caught everybody on a down year, and I don't put these teams yeah. as is outside of that category i do think usc is on the right track to become in that ohio state category with caleb williams being an all-time great type quarterback in my opinion and like you know lincoln riley trying to rebuild what he did at oklahoma but neither one of those are ohio state i, I put them all in the that michigan state realm that i've always said that we can reach yeah, uh, I think you actually kind of mentioned a point. I mean, what what were the odds that we ever thought that we'd actually see Caleb Williams play at Maryland? And well, we won't. He'll be in the I NFL mean, by the time that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Very true. Very true. So at least we Maryland fans we dodged have to, him. Yeah, one year. <laughs> it's uh, it is it is kind of kind of crazy. But um, I think UCLA. You know, I think in football, I think they can compete. I mean, I don't think I've I know Chip Kelly. You know, they were able to do some things last year, but. I think that's a team that Maryland would be able to be competitive for. And I agree, you know, USC, I think just kind of with everything that they've done so far this offseason, all the transfer additions and just the buzz, I, I think they're kind of on that path to to challenge an Ohio State team. Um, so, but if I think it, if it I, works out, it would. Yeah. Yeah. And right. I think it's that it, that would be good for the conference. I mean, I think every year, you know, you kind of go in uh, with Ohio State as the mindset of that preseason Big Ten uh, uh, title favorite. Um, so I think USC kind of going up on, on that track. Uh, gives them some more juice so um i think just kind of having that parity right now is is a good sign all right well future thinking a little bit here you, you guys kind of mentioned it earlier right this takes the conference from what is it uh currently sitting at 14 to 14 16. to 16 now right so uh we've heard rumors out there of it going to 20 22 24 uh so we don't know what that's actually going to look like uh, but there's already rumors going around about the next realm of schools that could be coming in because you're going to see a bunch of changing going on around college football yeah. and all conferences combined. Who do you think will be the next one added to the Big Ten? Obviously, the the, the prize jewel right now is, is Notre Dame out there. That's what everybody's talking about. That'll it'll be interesting to see what happens with them with their ties to the ACC right now and if they're able to get out of that and then what you know where do they fall. Uh, but who do you think the next team is that comes into the Big Ten? And and it, you kind of hit it. I think Notre Dame might end up being that next one. I think the Big Ten realizes, you know, the Notre Dame fan base, you know, just with the, the NBC contract, I think that 
draws a lot of additional potential revenue for the Big Ten. And I think the Big Ten might be a little bit patient. It seems like there's been a lot of reports that the Big Ten's going to kind of stand pat. They know that there's outside interest and, you know, other Pac-12 teams have kind of maybe tried to do their own thing to either put pressure on their current conference or, uh, you know, maybe put pressure and say if the Big Ten's going to entertain other options and so are we. But it feels like it's going to be Notre Dame. And then once that once that domino falls, um, you know, it kind of opens the next floodgate to the next wave of teams that make their announcements. So uh, my, my pick is going to be Notre Dame. And when that happens, to be determined. But um, it, it, it feels like all signs kind of point to them. I think that that's the next announcement. Whether that's actually the next one that agrees to it is another thing. So I think right now... You add anybody else, it's going to be almost like negative advertisement of like, look at this, just cash grab. We're just grabbing whoever at this moment. The only name that you can put out there and be like, well, yeah, of course, anyone that has the opportunity would take that squad is Notre Dame. Um, so I think that they may have some handshake, wink, wink, nod, nod agreements with some of the ACC schools that see the writing on the wall. Um, or the Pac-12 that's already been discussed, the Oregons or Washingtons. But the next one that announced, I believe, would be Notre Dame. I did put this out on our Twitter on Shell and Tell um, just to ask, what's the next Big Ten uh, or what conference would the next Big Ten team be from? So I put out the ACC, the Pac-12, Big 12, and other. Um, the results came in. We had some good votes, 118 votes. ACC was 33.9%, followed up by the Pac-12 at 29.7, and then other at 26.3%. Other has to be Notre Dame, like right. What's the other yeah. that's not Notre Dame in that scenario? I, don't, I can't imagine where the people were voting for like a group of five school in that uh, realm. So Notre Dame itself is getting some pretty heavy voting in there, and of course, you know we are ex ACC country, and it just kind of makes sense. But then again, the Pac-12, the Washington, and Oregon's are are looming out there big. Basically, we're not getting a Big Twelve team. That's what the, that's what the fans say. <laughs> I think Georgia Tech is also really interesting. I know we you kind of talked about it, but you know, just the Georgia Tech market, obviously Atlanta um, would be would add to the, the become the sixth largest, or excuse me, it would give the Big Ten uh, six of the top seven uh, largest TV markets in the country, and I think they kind of fit a lot. Um, I think Virginia is another school that they they also kind of culturally fit the Big Ten. Um, and I think they kind of be on a similar path as, you know, other schools. Um, you know, I, I feel like Oregon kind of does, I, I could see it if that happens. Uh, but Georgia tech also kind of feels like maybe if it's not going to be Notre Dame, when you talk about, you know, backdoor deals or whatnot, Georgia tech kind of seems like that one where it seems just more the most sensible. I think, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head earlier. I think Notre Dame makes the most sense. I think from a school standpoint, a revenue standpoint, I mean, just everything, um, I, I, the Oregon thing is kind of intriguing to me from a football standpoint. I don't know a whole lot about the rest of the athletics with them, but from a football, the, the battle of the brands flashed it, a couple of years ago. They yeah. Pretty good. Right. But you get the battle of the brands with Nike and under armor in yeah. the same conference. I think that would be kind of cool. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I just think Notre Dame to me will, will be the next chip that falls. See, Ahmed mentions Virginia in that conversation. That's my, I don't want it. I do not want Virginia in the Big Ten with us. I don't want to split the D.C. market with anyone. I don't want to see them as a as the local rivalry. I didn't enjoy playing them when we were in the ACC. I didn't like their fans. I didn't like anything about it. So I'll gladly welcome UNC back over and have some fun oh. with basketball and see their <laughs> new improved football team because they were no good back in the day, and now they seem to got a little bit of juice behind them. 
But I just, oh, it's going to irk me if Virginia comes crawling back into our realm. And so yours is Virginia you don't want to see. No, I do not yours. want to see Virginia. Yeah, uh, I think if there's any school that I don't want to see, I mean, I think there's a part of me that wants Duke because I selfishly miss those basketball oh, yeah. games. Absolutely. But there's a, there's always this thing in, about UNC where I think I don't hate them as much as I do, and then I watch them, and I'm like, wow, I really don't like you guys. Um, <laughs> so I think there's a part of me that doesn't really want to see North Carolina in the Big Ten. I think it's, it's possible. I know that they were a school that's kind of been floated as a possible you know Big Ten uh, uh, addition as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think that would be probably be my probably be my pick. I think the Big Ten should be scared to add Duke. I don't know what Duke brings in a post K world. Yeah, that's they very do not true. have a football program worth yeah. anything, and their basketball program is just a retired. It's a big I question mean, mark right now. Yeah, there is there is Duke can come three years from now when they prove they're still the dude. But right now, that would be on my sorry ACC. I can't have you. Like it's there's there's nothing guaranteed that Duke is even relevant five years from now. I agree with that yeah. for sure. Um, I think for me, if I'm looking, if I'm going to single out any school that I don't want to see, is I've got enough schools from the state of Pennsylvania and just Penn State alone. I don't want to see Pitt <laughs> in the conference. I, I know that there could be some appeal to the interstate rivalry there with Pitt and PSU, but I, I'm just. Yeah, I'm good. PSU is the, the the only state team from Pennsylvania that I need in the conference, so I'm good without them being in. Um, I think they scream Big Twelve. I think they'll they'll yeah. join with WVU and and be, try yeah. to be that one that one lasting conference that's outside of the two monsters. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be kind of interesting, you know, just the, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into it, but just, you know, if they go to the Big 12, you know, Big 12, Pac-12, does that kind of stay, stay together? What happens to ACC? So I think, you know, kind of perfect transition into the next segment. Yeah. But, um, uh, I let, think let's hop right into that. Yeah. Man. I mean, because I think to your point, um, the Pac-12 is just kind of dwindling away um, and, you know, losing We're two teams. We're coming for some more bodies, I think. <laughs> yeah, losing two teams like USC and UCLA is a big hit. Um, and then... To your point, I think there are going to be some schools that leave and either go to the ACC or go down to the Big 12. Um, I think their best bet is going to be to team up and create some sort of a, a small power, you know, like a mid-tier power uh, combined with either the ACC or the Big 12. Logistically, the Big 12, I think, makes the most sense. Uh, and I think from a power standpoint on football side, I, I would choose if I'm the PAC 12, I would choose a partnership with the big 12 over the ACC, but that's just my point or that's just my opinion on it. Yeah. Because the ACC is going to get robbed by both big 10 and sec. SEC. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The sec is definitely looking at Florida schools. They're definitely interested in Clemson as long as they can bounce back from their bad year. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. You could even see a Virginia Tech fits well with the SEC, but there doesn't seem to be enough smoke there. It's very, it's interesting to me that that doesn't come up more often because the fan base believes they're an SEC school. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think you kind of hit it right there. I mean, if, if Notre Dame, North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, UVA, if they, all those schools leave, um, you know, who does, who does ACC have? I mean, at that point, you have what Louisville, Pitt, uh, Virginia Tech, like you said, you know, it's Syracuse. just, there's not, 
Syracuse is just not a uh, Boston None College. None of them are ACC schools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think you know you're you're kind of looking at you know these conferences trying to just save themselves. So I think just these loose partnerships. I know the ACC Pac-12 discussing that partnership, having a possible championship game in Las Vegas. You know that's something again TV market driven, um, and it makes sense why they would want to do that. But uh, I think Pac-12, Big T- uh, Big Twelve, kind of merging together. Maybe um, if there's going to be that third conference, it that one seems kind of like like that fit yeah i've also heard rumors about miami but i yeah from what i've heard is that florida doesn't want miami in the sec and i guess that makes a whole lot of sense too right so miami would Miami's, be the last one standing academically i don't think miami is going to get in the big 10 so what does right, miami yeah. fall apart because neither one of them wants them like it's a big time program with a lot of money behind it and what are, i guess there'll be in whatever is left of that third tier there yeah, there's a lot lot of money that's being thrown around at Miami just with the coaching staff, recruiting, uh, all that stuff. So it's uh I, I have a feeling they'll they'll have some say and if, you know, Florida is the one school that doesn't want it, Florida you know, maybe, might get maybe, kicked out. <laughs> yeah, and maybe you know, money talks. So maybe maybe they'll end up being two two schools in Florida in the SEC. So It's been a um, while since your Irving Meyer days, Florida. Careful. <laughs> you don't got as much swing as you think you used to. <laughs> uh so impact-wise on college football as a whole, right? So obviously we're talking about two, maybe three mega conferences, potentially uh, two definite megas, one mid tier mega. Um, yeah. The group of five power conference. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, uh, this initial change to the big 10 doesn't go into effect for another two years, right? So they've got two years of planning and two years to really kind of hash this out and figure it out. Uh, my question is, and I'd like to, I, I'm interested to see what your guys' thoughts are on this. College football playoffs, obviously, that's evolved over the last 10 years or so into this, you know, four team playoff scenario, uh, which football has always been the one sport that lacks that tournament, right? When you yeah. think of all just, just sports in general, right? You think of, you think of even the college world series, right? That's the only time baseball is relevant to the average fan is during the college world series. You think of golf, you watch the major tournaments, right? You think of college basketball, you watch March madness, you watch all of these tournaments. They have all this draw, but college football has lacked that. And I I know they have the bowl games and all that stuff, but let's be honest, those bowl games, unless you're talking about the January 6th mean nothing. They don't really draw a whole lot of fans and not Except a lot of people watch them. It was a right. blast. Except for the pinch the best bowl pinch was fucking great. Yeah, we'll do it great. again if we have to next year. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> I, I'd be intrigued to see if this potentially changes that. Do they shorten a season, right? And do they enter maybe a, a 16 team or a 20 team team uh, tournament at the end of the season? Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on on college football and potential changes to the playoff format? I think you need players that want to play in the games. And as long as you still have people deciding not to play, then it's going to be awfully, awfully But I think a playoff I think a playoff format changes that, right? Because a bowl game is a bowl game. It doesn't mean a national championship. But if you've got a uh, 18th seed team or 19th seed team that's got a top level prospect, right? That's a potential draft pa- draft prospect. But he thinks, well, shit, if I play, we got a chance at actually winning a national championship. That changes, I think, the mentality of what that athlete thinks. I think there's a number. I don't think it can be as big as you're saying. I don't think that the 24th best team truly believes they have any shot in taking down. I mean, the if you think tournament. about it, right? Th- think about the conference size. Right, it, it, the conference sizes that are going to be there's there's going to be at least five or six teams out of the SEC that would make it, at least five or six teams 
out of the Big Ten that would make it. Probably two teams out of like the Big 12, Pac-10, if they were to combine yeah. together or whatever, right? Uh, so, I mean, you're already at 12 teams, and then you have to have a couple of spots for those smaller colleges that now stand a chance, right? They're going to be the first-round blowouts that go out the window anyway, but you're at that 16-team tournament. Believe yeah. me, I, I would really like it, and uh, my wife would really hate it because if we ever got to the <laughs> tournament, I would be at every game, no matter what the cost happened. <laughs> it, it, it would be amazing. And if we're talking about, you know, what's driving all of this conference realignment, once again, you know, TV, uh, obviously, you know, it's more advertising, more TV opportunities. Yep. So I think that's definitely there. I think, obviously, I don't think that the college football playoff is going to be around much longer once all of these schools get finalized and everyone's moved. I mean, it just doesn't, doesn't make sense. You can't do four teams. I think maybe 12 or 16 team kind of makes it the best. I mean, I think with the 16, you're going to see the same names uh, year in, year out, but you know, you're still going to see different schools. Um, and I think it'll be really interesting to see, you know, uh, with these moves with these, you know, Ohio state and USC playing against each other, you know, what teams kind of get knocked out. And, you know, some of these teams are going to have more than one, you know, biggest game on the schedule. I mean, you know, you talk, look at the sec and, who uh, some of those teams have to play week in week out now that's going to be spread out a lot more evenly i think uh, across these you know these new conferences um i think the biggest maybe the, uh, another another kind of takeaway from this is what does this happen what happens to the smaller schools you know like maryland's yeah. playing buffalo uh you know uh, tulane for example i mean a lot of these schools they make their dollars off of you know playing these power five schools and getting those guaranteed payouts um so that that's another implication of kind of what what all shakes out at, out of this. Um, but in terms of, you know, postseason and whatnot, I still think that we would have bowl games. You know, there won't be any tie ins, for example, because, you know, uh, ACC and all of that, you know, like that's that's just completely different now. So how that's going to work will be interesting. But uh, when it comes to playoffs, yeah, I think you go to that maybe double digit team format and then um, it'll be interesting. You know, do they. I mean, you can't start the season any earlier. You can't have players uh, in school before the school year starts. Um, so I think just, you know, do, do you make it 10 games and then it's two non-conference games, for example. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of uh, logistics that kind of need to be worked out in that regard. But uh, in terms of postseason, it's going to look completely different uh, two, three years from now than it does now. Yeah, which is really interesting because right now that's where the big money is. It's the reason there's so many bowls is that people are making a decent amount of TV revenue off it. Sure, the fan support in a lot of these cities aren't very good. When you put them but in you cities can, nobody wants to go to in December. You can but. you can use both of those together, right? So if you know you've got 16 teams and you know you've got eight games, there's still a tournament, but you can, they can still be bowl games, right? The eighth-seeded game is this bowl. The seventh-seeded yeah. game is this bowl. You can still tie them together. Um, and label them as such. And I think that's going to draw more of an audience just because of the sheer tournament factor and these teams having a chance to play for more other than just winning the game and the trophy at the, at, for that particular bowl, they have the chance at winning a game and moving on and advancing towards a national championship, which is just like the college basketball situation, the, the March madness. And you get some of these schools, these 16 seed teams like the UMBCs who got a chance to play another yeah. round by beating a, you know, a number one seed. Um, I think it, 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 it's going to draw huge amounts of viewership and it's going to draw huge amounts of money to college football that normally wouldn't be there because people just don't watch those smaller tier bowl games. I mean, it absolutely would drive more. And, and the, the conversation that Ahmed had with the smaller schools is actually more about 
the rules of the conference than the size of the conference. So yeah. just the fact the Big Ten already talked about having additional Big Ten games and limiting the out-of-conference schedule before any of this ever happened, those were the type of decisions that actually hurt the smaller smaller programs more than these conglomerations because we can have as many teams as we want in the Big Ten. If we still have four out-of-conference games, those things could still survive. But if you decide we have so many Big Ten squads that we just need to play each other every week, we can't be having all these – you know, Towsons and Buffaloes. Well, then what's going to happen is those are teams aren't going to have football. They're, they, you can still keep a basketball program, but you cannot keep a football program without these pay for play, without these big time TV revenues, without Texas paying Maryland three million dollars to beat them on TV. You can't do it. You can't, <laughs> you, you can't have it. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be kind of interesting to see how it all shakes out. But um, just felt like the the inevitable from what we thought what would happen in college football it just it just sped up and and we're we're in the middle of it now this the the whole usc usc or excuse me ucla usc uh just started it all so it's gonna be really interesting to see how it all shakes out but i mean are we sure because i know we want it we just want to get the band-aid and rip it off but like didn't it feel just like that when oklahoma and texas did this what 18 months ago and then nothing happened like we just sat until now until this decision so like yeah at some point there's gonna be a windfall it has to be because there's no reason for these things to happen but we don't know if that's now or we don't know if that's two years from now when ucla and usc start or when the tv contract gets signed with the big 10 and everyone sees how much money that actually got us and they're like oh everybody should go do that before their next tv deal I just don't know when it's going to happen. I, I think it's up to Notre Dame <laughs> because yeah. if Notre Dame decides to come today. Yeah, it's over. Like it's there's going to be a free for all grab fest for anything that's worth value. But if Notre Dame still sits on their hands and pretends they're bigger than football like they've been doing for the last 15 years, even though they've been next to irrelevant for 90 percent of the time, uh, then mm. we're just going to be stuck here. Um, yeah there's one of those you know every year overrated teams like it's just every every year they're in the top five preseason they end at like 25 and they probably shouldn't be there (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i I do agree with you notre dame is going to put one of these conferences over the edge and i think it's going to set a lot of other schools into panic mode as to where they're going and what conferences are grabbing what schools and all that stuff to try to keep the balance but I think it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see at the end of everything, how many conferences are actually left in college sports, right? In college football, right? If there's, if there's five conferences, six conferences, however many conferences it is, uh, because then at that point, it's real easy to structure that playoff scenario, I think, because you just, uh, uh, you know, say this amount of teams out of the SEC, this amount of teams out of the Big Ten, and this amount of teams out of the lower tier conferences, right? Um, I, I'm excited for it. I think it, it's going to be exciting for the fan uh, for college sports, but Again, they're two years away, right? So at least from this change, beyond any other changes, from this change or two years away. uh, So they've got time to get this right, and let's just hope that the NCAA gets this right more so than they did with NIL because they just rushed that shit out. If I had some money to invest in football right now, I'd be out there investing in these, like, Iowa community colleges and the California (laughs) community colleges because what's going to happen is you're going to have, you know, three – two mega conferences one kind of relevant and then the power five is going to start drying up they're not going to have enough money to, to or the group of five i'm sorry it's going to start driving drying up and canceling programs and all these juco's that have been built up to be bigger than what they are are just going to be the minor leagues for these two monsters 
And it's it's going to just be a, a minor league system for the minor league system that is the Big Ten and SEC for the NFL. It's, it's we're we're minor league baseball now. We got six levels. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I can see that. And I think you know back to your point about Notre Dame. You know whether you know, when that domino falls. Um, and it, you're right. It could be a year from now. It could be six months from now. It could be 18 months from now. But I think the fact that there are so many schools like the Pac-12 schools that try reaching out to the Big Ten and the Big Ten saying, nope, we're, we're going to stand still right yeah, now. People wanted it to keep I mean, going. Yeah, but it, like, there was like, a pause for a reason. I think the pause yeah. is Notre Dame. But but I think with Oregon, you know, kind of going back to the Pac-12 and maybe initiating, you know, what what the like the Pac-12 announcing that they're going to immediately begin uh, negotiations for you know new, new TV market deal, um, and you know now all these Pac-12 and ACC schools that are being rumored. So I think there are a lot of schools that are kind of looking out for themselves and whether they make an immediate move to be determined. But you know when we talked about Georgia Tech kind of making maybe a, like verbal agreements behind the scenes, things like that. That that's what could be happening yeah. behind the scenes. So uh, it feels like you know when the next domino drops, uh, which is seems like it's going to be Notre Dame. That's when all these schools are gonna they're gonna make their move. I think my big thing is I want to see these contracts. Like, why was it yeah. public knowledge of what Maryland had to go through? We we paid fifty million dollars to get out of the ACC. We had five years of a partial payment, and then we got the full payment of the Big Ten. Why do I know that? But I don't know anything about UCLA. I don't know anything about USC, and you just can't find it. I I'd be interested to see. Do they get full shares right away? Did they get three years of partial payments and then they go to full instead of five years like we got? Because I think that that's kind of, if I'm the Big Ten, that's the route I would go because I'd be like, hey, yeah, you're better than Maryland and Rutgers, but we need to expand now. And then that way you can also go to Notre Dame and be like, look, we know you're bigger. We know that you're the big fish. Full payment right away. Like, make them feel special because that's what they are. They like to feel special. So I hope they left one little bullet in the chamber for Notre Dame just to pull them out of the ACC. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's there's a lot of questions to still be answered. uh, But, again, to me, it's exciting. It's exciting for the Big Ten. I think it's exciting for the University of Maryland. Um, Again, it's going to bring more money to the program as well, which is always a plus. Uh, Maybe we can get that practice facility finally done. We'll see. Um, But I'm excited. There's a lot of things to change and a lot of things to come. So we'll talk more about that on our next show. Uh, We got a lot of commitments uh, that recently happened that we're going to update you on the next show as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Yeah, make sure you Uh, check out the Inside the Bag with Ahmed um, where they just talked about all those commitments as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And make sure you're following us on all the social media platforms. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on YouTube. If you're not following us on YouTube, what are you doing? We're doing a video podcast now. So make sure With a you're fire intro. At least go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fire intro. Uh, Ryan, sign us off. All right, guys. Everything's changing the world. We talked about the football landscape falling apart. The rest of sports comes with it so we will see how this goes the countdown to kickoff stands at 58 days right now uh, if you're not following us on twitter and, and instagram check that out we've done an edit for every uh turt player down from 99 to 59 so far um and it just keeps keeps that little bit of enjoyment that countdown to the best days of fall i uh, hope to see you guys at our next episode and down at some of our tailgates until next time here's to wishing all is well under the shelf.